do we want to in the thanks we just want to put the the challenge out for someone to i was thinking a, just at the actual beginning when we talk about the yeah intro. oh exactly yeah so maybe maybe we should actually ask the community and see if someone can come up with a cool intro for us yeah maybe we'll yeah. do that all right three two one let's go something like okay. that cool three two one welcome to episode two of fifth roast radio with the watch regulator alex and defying time anthony here um we will have a really good intro soon anthony's promised to do some amazing guitar work but he also suggested we open it up to all our tens of listeners um to come up with something if you think because we've had kind of positive and negative feedback about the last intro some people thought it was a comedic work of art other people (laughs) thought it was just a lot of garbage um i like to think of it as something in the middle um but yeah anthony said he can play something guitar without singing which i'm upset about um but yeah, we thought we'd open it up to the, to the listeners. If you think you can come up with some amazing little intro, we would definitely include that in future episodes. And we would obviously like shout you out all the time and give you lots of love and attention. Um, Sounds good. One thing before we get fully into it today, I forgot to mention someone very important last time when... I was going through the kind of history of the website and how we got started. I forgot to mention Ben, who was actually the guy who I spoke to when I just had the idea for the website. And he made it all happen for me pretty much. Um, Just from kind of chatting to him. And once I got past the idea of telling someone my idea without the fear of them stealing it, within a couple of days, he had kind of drafted up various different ideas for the website and I would tell him what to change and what to do on it and he helped me so much he registered the uh, domain for me uh, yeah he's just a real great guy so thanks Ben for for all the help making my dreams come true is that awesome. too soppy nah nah that's <laughs> fine I'm sure Ben's gonna love it I'm not sure about everyone else but that's fine. <laughs> yeah okay screw that anyway <laughs> All right, so on today's show, we have, uh, we've got a lot to get through. We've got, uh, we're going to be talking about, well, we'll do some risk checks in a minute. We're going to be talking about our favorite um, review on the, the Fifth Risk website, um, new releases. Uh, we're going to talk about the Moza Streamline flyback chronograph, so that's going to be really cool. Um, then we'll also have a little chat around um, what watch would James Bond wear, really? Um, so that's going to be awesome, and we'll, we'll do some shout-outs to some uh, Instagram uh, profiles that we really like, um, and then uh, we'll finish it up. Is there anything else, Alex? Um, I think that's about it, just the kind of usual ramblings probably interspersed <laughs> between the kind of the few facts and stuff that we throw out from time to time. So, yeah. So you want to sure. start off with the Moser? Yeah, well, before that, no, 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 before that, oh. we'll do a wrist check. So oh, God, I am yeah. wearing today, I'm wearing my um, Rolex Explorer 1 from 2004, the 114270. Um, love this watch. It's um, it's just an awesome piece to wear, 36 mil, perfect size for, for every day. And, um, yeah, just brilliant. How about you? That is, that, is, that is a cool watch, 36 mil. And that's, since we're going to be talking about Bond watches later mm. on that is kind of connected right that was ian fleming's one that was yeah. kind of what people think bond would have worn if it wasn't a submariner i'm also wearing something with a very loose connection to james bond or military watches anyway i've got a little cwc quartz um oh, cool. military watch that was my dad's that he gave to me um i don't really wear it that that much i guess i'm just too into mechanical stuff now but i do try and wear it from time to time it's a great little kind of beater watch so i've got that on during the week i was looking i was actually looking at the cmc um followers instagram page and there's Mm -hmm. just an absolute truckload of people that really really love those watches they're such a cool design very minimalistic very military yeah Yeah. um, 
but you know and they I think do there's the still issues well to like SBS and I don't know if SES but I think there's still SBS issue and they are very simple like you say oh that's cool all right so we'll go into favorite reviews so I've I've gone with um one from a little while ago um and it was about a month ago by Bon Vivant 1982 so b-o-n-v-i-v-a-n-t-1982 um and it's a, a review on the blanc pan barracuda that limited edition of 500 pieces um and i think you know with the, we live in a world where there's homages and there's all sorts of stuff and, and that will definitely be a, a topic for a, another podcast but <laughs> i just think the way that he's written the review He's really not got caught up on the specifications and it's really about what the watch was. And I, I kind of like that it's got a nod back to the diving company called Barracuda um, in the 60s. And, you know, it's 40 mil, which he does talk about. But just he really talks about how it is an homage, but it's not a one to one copy. You know, they've brought it into the 21st century and um, given lots of little nods, but not everything. And I think yeah. that sometimes, you know, when brands do the homage and they make it one for one, you know, I, I, I think there's been some fantastic ones that have come out recently. Um, but I also do like this because it does still show the story of progression in technology and style and, and all sorts of stuff. So I think um, I, am a, I am a 50 Fathoms fan and this one um, really does sort of speak to me. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a really well-written review. If you haven't haven't seen it or read it, go check it out. Um, well worth it. Yeah, it's a, cool, it's a cool watch. That was that was also our 100th review on the site, so that one always kind of ah. sticks out in my mind, and it was a cool a cool watch for our 100th review. Have you actually have you seen one of them in, in the flesh? I haven't, no. They're pretty cool. They're, they're more our kind of sizing, because I know we've yeah. had discussions before, and I really like the 38mm bathyscaphe, which you'd say you don't like, right? Just the bezel. The bezel proportions are not right. If they made it a little bit thinner, it would be perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I saw this. I think I know you like you're not into super massive watches, but the Barracuda one is. I think it would be in your kind of yeah. sweet spot in terms of size and stuff like that. It is a really cool, a really cool watch, and I like they only did 500 of them. Yeah. Um, my uh, pick review pick actually takes us into our um, kind of bond watch uh, conversation which is not only my favorite review but also my mum's favorite review and as the number <laughs> one listener to the podcast um, she's a very important member of the the audience um, it's the Zen 104 review uh, by Watch Brosophus which is a guy called Stuart who I actually speak to quite a lot on Instagram. He does so many reviews for the, some, yeah, for the, for the website. He's, I remember the first review he actually did. He, um, I think it started off with, this is my fifth version of this watch or something. So that gives you some <laughs> idea of how into watches this guy is. Um, but yeah, it was this Zen 104 um, with the title, if James Bond were German, this is the watch he would, would wear. Um, yeah. And there's already been quite, I think there's already been one or two reviews on the, the Zen 104 on the website. Um, but yeah, I really just like his kind of no-nonsense approach to it. And just the fact he thought about that, the whole, yeah, this is the kind of watch that James Bond would wear if he was German. I just like that kind yeah. of that kind of thinking. Um, and he just sticks to the, to the facts. And that's what I like about the the people the reviews I like the most the people just kind of stick to the facts and about how the watch makes them feel and things so yeah, definitely and he started that one off so well as well that it just traps you into reading the rest of it that is you know we don't know who it is and I'm even if I didn't know I'm sure I couldn't say but I bought this watch from a famous YouTuber yeah yeah you know you're just going to keep reading straight after that no matter what else comes to follow so very um very yeah, well I forgot written. about that part of it yeah the first line got you got you with that yeah definitely yeah. kind of clickbait material if there was ever um on the site 100 percent all right let's um let's get into the new releases so um, we'll, we'll talk a bit about the Moser and then we'll come back to the James Bond stuff. But yeah. um, 
what what were your initial thoughts on the uh, streamliner flyback chronograph automatic um i don't know it's so difficult just now because it just seems like every brand is just trying to blast out watches with integrated bracelets like sports watches now and it seems like there's just one every month or every couple of months um it kind of reminds me of the the period in in hollywood where everyone was just releasing disaster movies and it was, they just thought mm. well this is what people want so let's just pump out disaster movies so when i first saw that they were doing something like that i was a bit cautious about it but then once i actually saw the watch i thought oh this is pretty it's pretty goddamn cool yeah. fly back um yeah it's yeah i was i really like the look of it obviously it's difficult it is quite a polarizing looking watch and i'm sure yeah. some people wouldn't like the look of it um but I, yeah i thought it looked great it's 120 meters water resistant it says you yeah. can use the the pushers underwater which i yeah i don't know how that's possible they must have some kind of crazy <laughs> water resistancy setup because yeah most of the chronographs we get in with damage it's all water damage from people having like a little bit of moisture stuck behind one of the chrono pushers and they think the watch is dry and then yeah they just inject water straight into the movement so um yeah if they say you can use underwater they i guess they've they've tested it so um yeah, yeah that's that's a pretty cool feature the chrono counters jump the hours and the minutes rather than that kind of mm-hmm. slow progression yeah uh, they're only making a hundred of them as well so yeah the movement yeah. is sexy as hell i'm sure you've uh, we'll come to the movement in a minute yeah. because we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, in a sec but i think you know staying on the bracelet to have a one-piece bracelet like that, it's very similar to some of the, the really intricate um, gold bracelets they made back um, years ago, you know, in the 60s and 70s, uh, mainly sort of Omega and people like that. But I just, that that would be so hard to make, to make it so flush and so perfect. And, and according to, you know, listening to people, um, it is it looks like it would be very comfortable on the wrist as well. Um, but I just, you know, you talk about the Hollywood disaster movies, and I think that's a really good analogy for what's happening right now in the watch world. And But what I like about Moza is they do things to meet the market, but they really do it their own way. Um, and, and in similar to what Alang and Zong did with their, um, their new integrated sports uh, or bracelet sports watch, um, but this one's just like, nothing we've really seen before it looks like things we've seen but it doesn't at the same time and i think in the flesh in the steel this thing is going to look absolute dynamite um and i just i love what moser are doing at the moment they they're taking big risks um and with that tour around the world of that pioneer center seconds with the the black coating you know who does that seriously they they they're just they are speaking to me on another level at the moment. And, you know, I was only talking to someone yesterday about um, – actually, I was at the tennis yesterday afternoon. And shout-out to Andrew from Time and Tide who, who managed to get us some tickets here in Adelaide, which was fantastic, and it was good to have a chat with the, the boys there. But, um, you know, I was talking to him about – he's got a Pioneer Centre Seconds, and it's just it's just such a cool brand, and they, they're really young and, and – progressive and i think there's someone to absolutely be reckoned with as the community and people get more and more into independence and and watchmakers that make you know small thousands or hundreds of watches a year versus our the big big ones making millions um i i think they're they're going places and and this is going to be the start of a new line too so it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with this and whether they put it on a rubber strap or whether they mm. do something, you know, really interesting. Not that their Fume dials aren't interesting. I love them. But what what else can they do? Like, there's just no stopping these guys. It's just awesome. They've really come out with this kind of all guns blazing as well, like yeah. with a flyback um, 
yeah, it really kind of says we're going to, like you say, do some exciting exciting things with it. It kind of reminded me a bit, and no one else has agreed with me when I've said this, but I'm hoping because yeah. I'm saying on the podcast to be like <laughs> one of the 10 <laughs> listeners is going to agree. It reminds me a bit of the old Omega Chrono Stop, just the the yeah. case and the look of it a little bit. I don't know what it is exactly. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it gives me that that kind of feel. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love what you're saying about them doing their own thing and they're still meeting what the market wants, but doing it in their own way. And yeah, they're that's the kind of company that is going to go places because everyone else yeah. is fighting over the stuff that yeah is already so saturated um yeah and just because no one can get all the the watches that yeah they actually want the the nautilus and um ap's and stuff all these other companies are just thinking we're gonna bring out something that looks the the same but then yeah. then you might as well just be a bagel sport or whatever and just do a total rip off of the, the nautilus because um I think there's far too many watches that look real similar and this like you say it does remind you of certain things but it's so much its own watch as well mm. um, and that's really to be applauded in, in kind of this uh in this day and age where everyone's just chasing after the the fast the fast box yeah and i think you know it does look like the singer reimagined in some ways but then when you put them side to side they they are very different and i think it's just your eyes playing tricks on you that it's it's similar to a certain extent but then it's not in so many other ways and then you find out that you know the movements are developed um with the same company and and you know to run that chrono um through the center um and when i first read it i thought oh they've made a mistake uh, it says automatic self-winding, but there's no rotor. And it wasn't yeah. until I, I did a bit more investigating to find out that they've put the rotor, and it's not a uh, peripheral rotor, they've, they've put a proper rotor between the dial and the movement. Like, it just boggles me that, that they've done <laughs> something like that. And it's so, so cool. And you look at it, like 434 components and 55 joules. Like, they are not cheaping out on the development, the R&D, to bring something to market that is just super, super cool. Um, so talk a bit about that movement, um, and then I wanted to get on the price. But so, what are your thoughts on the on the how, movement? How many how many joules did you say were in it? Fifty five joules. Fifty five, and you know that's not like back in the day when watch companies were just putting as many jewels in a watch as possible because they thought that sold more of them because people wanted a 48 jewel watch you know especially with that automatic part of it you know all those jewels are doing some serious serious work i, I yeah. like the fact that in all the the information that's gone out about the watch all the publications are saying about the agonhor movement and mm. it's not there's no uh smoking mirrors about who made the movement i mean yeah. i guess when it, if you if you'd seen the singer movement you'd be able to see that it is pretty much exactly the same movement so you you couldn't kid anyone on it'd be some it's a different movement or an in-house one but i guess that doesn't stop other manufacturers from trying the same the same kind of thing i mean the movement's yeah. beautiful and again for a a sports watch with 120 meters water resistance to have a movement as gorgeous as that yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty spectacular um so yeah i, I, I agree and, with and you, you can see that. all the jewels as well like not all of them but you can see there's so many of them um just they've, they've all got a purpose they're all doing something and it's it's just so well put together and and listening to ed the ceo of moser talk the other day um, it looks like other movements that they've done that that uh, Aganor have done, but it's been completely redeveloped um, with them in partnership with them, so that they could get the watch to the specifications that they wanted, um, which is super cool. And you know, looking at even just looking at that dial, um, it, it's going to speak to so many people um, because of their Fume 
characteristics, but then they add the brushing on there as well, which is just super cool. Um, the big 60 at top as well, and and that sort of checkered flag, real racing inspired outside outer track, is um, just awesome. And and also another thing about this that just came to me, I remember listening about, is that uh, because it's a 21,000 beat rate, it uh, you know it'll it'll move every six um, or six beats per second. So when you actually stop this chronograph. It, you can measure it to a sixth of a second because it has six intervals between those um, or six intervals between each second. So nice. a lot of chronographs that, that beat at eight beats per second, so 28,800, they have 10 or five. So, I mean, no one's really going to be measuring stuff down to the absolute sixth of a second or anything. But you know what? It just it shows that they thought about it and that, Maybe someone will, or is it a conversation starter, or is it just extremely well designed and put together that that they've not just grabbed a movement and gone, let's put it in this this case. They've gone, let's develop this whole thing together, which I know lots of people do, but I just think that is really, really cool. Not really to this level. I mean, just the the automatic part of it, that's it's, it's insane. I mean, even the kind of peripheral rotors that they've got in some in some watches are i mean i, I really like those because you get to see the movement um so so much of it so much more rather than having a big rotor there and just rotors go wrong a lot of the time so to be mm. confident enough to jam it right in in between the dial and the movement um yeah, yeah, you better be making something good because you don't want to have to take everything apart, take the dial off and stuff if it's just going to be something you can fix a bit more easily. Um, so, yeah, yeah they've, they've definitely not held back anything. I think they've put their all into this watch. And I think they've got something to be really proud of from, yeah, the dial, the movement, the bracelet, the overall look over it. Um but you're saying you're uh, we going to see something positive or negative about the price? Well, it's interesting because the, the more we're talking, so it's 39,900 USD. So I don't know. I didn't do it before, but it's probably it'd be around that 60, 62,000 Australian dollars. And probably that doesn't include any taxes or anything yeah. like that. So, you know, if you're talking that, we can talk about a, a overhyped Nautilus for God knows what, but I think they're starting to s- slow down a little bit. But, you know, they're still at 60, 70, 80 grand. And, and you look at the comparison of movement development, um, the robustness of it. I mean, we, we still haven't seen this in the flesh. Um, yeah. But I know which one I'd take. Oh, Definitely yeah. Take but the people that are spending that kind of money on a, a Nautilus they're not going to get the same kind of no one's going to know unless you're a watch person you'd have yeah. no clue who Moser are you just yeah. you'd never and if you show someone a, a even that Moser and they ask you how much it costs and you said 60 grand or yeah. 39,000 US people would definitely look at you like your kind of head was on back to front or something whereas you wouldn't yeah. get that with Patek just because it's the name. People are like, oh, yeah. I've heard Patek are really expensive. Yeah. So depends what I kind heard of rap, they are. And a rap song. Exactly. Yeah, I heard that <laughs> a rap song. And Pave Diamonds. Yeah. But with Moser, you're, I mean, the thing is, you would only buy that watch for yourself anyway because it's, mm. and it's, it looks like the kind of thing you would just stare at all day. Oh. I, I would literally be playing with a chronograph pusher going, oh, uh, one minute, 10 seconds, and four-sixths of a second. Yeah. Oh, how that? And then do it again and see if I can get it on the fourth of a second, uh, you know, four-sixths again or something silly like that because it's yeah. just – I absolutely love it. And it, as I said um, – oh, I, I didn't actually say this last week, but I was telling um, Vinny from Tell Your Time – uh, that he posted it straight away and, and as the publications were starting to develop and the photos were coming up in stories, when he originally put it up, um, you know, I'm scanning through the stories, just pushing through them and I saw that and went, and I, I like to I like to put my two cents in when I see those 
yes or no's or this or that or stuff like that because it's just fun. Um, but looking at this one, I said no straight away. And then literally three minutes later, as I'd seen more pictures, then saw the movement, then saw the bracelet, then saw everything else, I actually sent him a message and said, uh, can I please, can you please put that post up again? Because I want to change my answer to yes, because this thing is awesome. Um, and it's so funny, that first impression, but then you, you, you learn a bit and it just takes you away um, to, to absolutely loving the watch. So I thought that was pretty funny. When, when Langer brought out their um, integrated bracelet watch, what was mm -hmm. your initial thought on that? To be honest, I, I liked it. Um, and I started to think about those pushes and thought, they have to do something to be there. And then once you started reading it, I did like it. Um, and I quite like wide um, proportioned lugs in to the case. And I think that's why I really like the Explorer 1 with the 36 mil because the 36 mil has 20 mil lugs and the, so does the 39 mil has 20 mil lugs. So you can really start to – and if you think back to those Patek um, 96s back in the day and, and there's that Japanese brand – even if I had the name in front of me, I'd probably <laughs> mess it up. But the one that's doing those beautiful um, black polished cases and oh, um, yeah, spade yeah. hands and black uh, black dials with Breguet numerals, you know, that that's a a 38 mil, I believe, or 37 mil with 22 mil lugs. Mm. And I, I quite like that. And I think that's what Langer have gone for there. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. I, I didn't see... I just I wouldn't have put the I would have put a big date at the top because yeah. I think that would have paid respect to what they do so well having that um, double digit date uh, and would have got rid of the day because I know what day it is and even if do, I don't do you remember how much that Langer went for how much that was? is that in the same is yeah, that in direct was competition with this streamliner slightly under I believe the Langer was either 28,000 US or 32,000 US. I can't quite remember, but it was around that 30K. So this is sort of nearly 25% more. Um, and I don't know, uh, to me, they're both integrated steel sport bracelet watches, but I think they're totally different. Okay, so you would still choose the Moser over the... I mean, they're both... The, the thing I was trying to get as I guess they're going for the same uh, kind of market right see I, I i would disagree i okay. think that the langer market speaks to the real classic um watch lover that wants a steel bracelet because their leather bands are you know getting old and smell too much and have to replace them all the time <laughs> yeah which is why i don't wear leather bands in australia because it's just a waste of time but um that one speaks to a much more classic heritage looking watch um in without sounding like a moron a bit more gentlemanly a bit more um low-key a bit more elegant sort of speaking whereas this one's just like bang let's go drive cars let's drive them fast let's drive them around a racetrack and you know i'll smack you in the face with my watch kind of thing see that's where i think that, that lang went wrong with that one was it was too similar to the other stuff they're doing and it was their first proper sports watch yeah so i think they tried to keep too much to their usual style which is obviously yeah they can do whatever the hell they want but um yeah it's it it didn't it didn't do it for me and i guess like i was saying earlier that's why when i first heard or saw about the Moser I was like mm, oh no this is going to be another one of these things that people are pumping out so yeah, uh, yeah well done yeah. so would you pick this Moser out of any steel sports integrated bracelet thanks good question look I think as my collecting and, and as my tastes are changing you know there's there's no doubt that I love the AP Royal Oak, but so does everyone else. Yeah. It's, unless you're that real passionate Patek Nautilus guy that can respect it, but like, nah, my Nautilus is better kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, that you cannot argue with the finishing on that bracelet and the way that that brushing looks. Um, so, you know, and, and the other thing is, is, is it can sometimes be getting, it's getting dangerous. 
wearing APs and stuff like that out in the real world, especially not so much in Australia. It's, it's yeah. pretty safe. But you look at London and they've got signs up now saying protect your watch. Mm. Um, so, you know, wearing this, I mean, to to the non-watch enthusiasts, this could be a $300 Seiko. True. You know, so you could wear this and go, yeah, like I have a serious watch. And only watch nerds are going to come up and go, holy crap, Batman, that is, that is amazing. Yeah. Everyone else is going to pass it off for a... Uh, you know, a, a Seiko or, or something, maybe even something from the 70s. Or is that your dad's old vintage watch from the 70s? You know, so you're saying it, uh, it was like if there's a mugger was on the street and he saw you getting out of your Bugatti with the Moser <laughs> on, he'd be like, mm, God, that guy spent all his money in that Bugatti and he's just rocking a Seiko. Yeah, I think I'd rather do that than get out with the Moser than I would get out of like an old beaten up Civic with an AP because I think I've got more chance getting bashed with the AP on out of the Civic than I do with the Moser on out of the Bugatti. So okay, yes, take, I would take the Moser. I got the Moser. But take, take bashing, taking take bashing out of it though, just actual watch wise, would you choose the Moser? You know what? I would because I want different stuff. Yeah. I I, I would take it. Yes. And I'd even take their one of 20 of those beautiful um, rotating bezel Pioneer centre seconds that they made with the steel bracelets. Like, that would be amazing. I've anyway. one Pioneer that um, the watch vault Dane had. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it was so big on me. It just seemed, yeah. like, I love the dial. The dial was great, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was it's just... 42.8 mil, and it's, it is a big imp- um but it's so cool. That dial was amazing. All right, which one would you take? And then we'll move on. I, oh, I'd choose them. Even though I haven't seen the Moser, I will pro- probably never see yeah. a Moser. I mean, I do I do like the the Royal. I do like the Royal Oak. Um, God, even uh, JP's. Uh, the Vacheron. Vacheron is, yeah. is really sexy, and that's getting to some great value for money. But I think... If you just pick anything, I'd yeah pick the Moser because just it's so out there and different. Yeah, same. All right, cool. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people commenting on this watch for for a long time because it's just it's really standing out from what everyone else is doing, which is credit to Ed and the team at Moser. I can see myself with a Moser sometime, definitely. All right, so let's move on to. I'll let you take it away with your idea from uh, the Bond watch. Yeah, so as as I was saying earlier on with um, watch Prosophus's uh, review, talking about the Zen 104 being the, the the kind of watch that James Bond would wear if he was German, then I don't know. We had a kind of little battle last week, which I like the idea of, and I'm totally in for uh, a watch. A heated watch debate from time to time or once a week. So I thought we would have a little battle about we'd both come up with a digital and a mechanical watch that a real life James Bond would wear and then see which of us comes up with the best idea. Um, and then I guess you guys can decide which of us had the least crap idea. But I'm going to let Anthony go first so then I can think up great things to say about my watch all right do we want to let's do the the um the mechanical watch first and then we'll do the digital one after that so i decided after thinking long and hard about something like a rolex explorer i think the thing that limits james bond to the rolex explorer is that it it does only tell the time in an absolutely beautiful fashion but i think for for james bond if there was a real-life James Bond, which I'm sure there is somewhere out there being a spy in some country. But I've gone with something really different, and I think I've – well, not different, but I've gone with the Rolex GMT Master 116710LN. So the black bezel, black ceramic bezel with the green GMT hand. And the reason I've gone that – because it's so robust and so accurate and it can absolutely take a beating, James Bond is an international 
traveling man of mystery. So for him to be at his optimum peak performance, he needs to know what time it is in what part of the world so he can get his sleeping patterns right so he can go and take on the terrorists and whoever else he's going to be blowing up massive buildings and riding through them and out of them on motorbikes and stuff <laughs> like that. So if you're tired because your your mechanical watch could only tell the time and you were so tired to do the calculations in your head, the 116710LN would absolutely do that for you. So okay. I know that's stupid. That but is the worst me, James Bond watch I've ever heard of. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> Rubbish. I'm, how I much are they? How much are they going for now that they've been discontinued? Uh, so I've I've seen them now. Now that the prices are softening, they're they're hovering between sort of fifteen to seventeen k Aussie mark, depending on their condition. Because remember, a lot of these came out um, from I, I think it was two thousand and seven. Um, so some of these watches are sort of twelve years old. So they've been pretty banged up. Someone moved house and they lost the box um, and they've got now a service receipt for it. And, you know, they, you're paying. They are a watch that gets attention though. It's a Rolex. I mean, yeah. Judging true. by our previous conversation, I mean, James Bond could be on the way to kind of solving some kind of terrible crime. And then a group of muggers rob him when he's going out of his Aston Martin for his Rolex because he's in London. No. Disagree because he can take on. Like, have you seen him not take on armies in Goldeneye? Like I it's just him by himself. Like, he they had five an in Goldeneye. They were no, not yeah, coming after his watch. I don't know, and that had a laser as well. So let's yeah. let's be real here. He can take on whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And actually, to add something to this, what would be a feature on the Rolex that he would have be put on him by? Um, what was his name? Q. Yeah. What would Q do? I reckon um, I'm going to go with a spotlight that shines up in the sky and has the 007 signs so that Batman. people would say there. Batman. I know, but so You're what, <laughs> <laughs> We can do whatever we want. We can say whatever Batman we want. into 007. I mean, I right. think that my main issue with the watch compared to my one, which is I know last time I called it a bit of a draw, but I'm going to absolutely destroy you this time. Um, the the price of it, this is going to be, this is supposed to be government issue, right? Mm. You think the British military are going to pay for a discontinued Rolex. Let's say they've still got one in stock or whatever. It's just too flash. It's not a tool watch anymore. It's a luxury watch. When they used to give them to SAS, SBS guys, that was when it was a tool watch in that time for Rolex is gone, apart from probably your 36 mil Explorer. Um, yeah, but I just... could easily brush the polished center links. Like, okay, is that, that? It's fine. Yeah, that, that would like it... give him away. He'd be hiding, and then a bit of light would catch the the polished center links. What? How? Uh, what's the <laughs> depth rating on that watch? One hundred. Which? One hundred. Yeah, he's not going any further than that. Let's face it. Okay. 100. All right, go. You go. Come on. You, um, you, you're killing well, me. Well, because the original review was about a Zen 104, I, I thought, actually, you know what? Zen could be something. So I went for the Zen U2, which is rated yeah. to 2,000 meters. So that's like if you took your 100 meters, added a zero at the end, and then doubled that, it's rated to that 2,000 meters. It has, which is kind of like a spy gadget type thing, it has argon gas in it to eliminate moisture. Two time zones. It's made of submarine steel. <laughs> tegumented surface coating for hardness. And it's three to 4,000 Australian dollars. Do you just want to leave now? Should we drop it? Yeah, all right. Fine. Yeah. It doesn't fine. doesn't gather, it doesn't get negative attention. People wouldn't know about it, but it's like a, a proper you know proper what? dive. Yeah. Oh, it's got GMT, doesn't it? Yeah. Damn it. Otherwise I was gonna say he can do all that, but he he'd fall asleep underwater. 
but no, that's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> All right, fine, you win that one. Is there okay. anything else you want to say about your pick for James Bond in a mechanical watch? No, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all you did enough. You've done yeah. enough. Fine. All right, we're coming back and we're going to do this again for Batman and Superman and, and oh, whoever God. else we're going to think of. You've already need, screwed up the it's, Batman. It's one minute. It, <laughs> yeah, like, all right. Batman watch and be like, so he gets into his Aston Martin. Like, no, you're mixing them up again, Anthony. All right, let's go mechanical. This time, uh, sorry, no, or, digital. Uh, digital. You can yeah. go first. What battery-operated watch? And it needs to have a battery, so don't be pulling out some solar stuff. No, 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 and this is so good. All right, I've, you go. Yeah, I would have picked, I was thinking about this so much. I was actually thinking, initially I was thinking, I wouldn't pick a watch because that's so low-key. <laughs> doesn't attract any attention that's what a spy would have but i thought it doesn't really play into the rules of this game whereby we have to pick a watch so i thought what's the kind of nearest thing to not wearing a watch but it's a watch and it's digital so i went for Mm. the casio f91w let me tell you're impressed casio f 91W. I'm going to have a look on uh, Google now. Let's have a look. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. So and, and he could, he could spend some extra money on his Tom Ford suits then because he'd have a lot left over. Okay. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't really go with a, a suit, but I've seen people wear it with a suit. Um, it has a stopwatch, an alarm, calendar, a light. Um, no one would ever think you're a spy, an international man of mystery, if you're wearing an F91W. It's well, so low-key. And also, when I was looking up on Wikipedia, did all my research, there's mm-hmm. a link to Al-Qaeda bomb making, where it's a very popular watch for them to use when <laughs> making explosive devices. So if you're going to have a real-life James Bond... He would probably want a watch that he could use to rig up uh, a kind of explosive device with C4 or something. And using the alarm function on your F91W is available in many different <sighs> configurations. You can have different colored ones, but I think just the plain black is the one to go for. All right. I think I, think I need to rethink what I've done here, but I'm just going to go for it. I've gone okay. with... The Casio G-Shock GA100-1A1. And the reason I've gone for that is because the list of specifications that this thing can do um, for a sub $200 watch, and I actually have one which I've had for about five years. I think you actually put a battery in it. That black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of staying close to home because I've, I've, experienced it and it is absolutely awesome we know g-shocks are, are fantastic watches especially for their price um, but this one's got uh, 28 times 29 time zones 48 cities one one thousandth of a second stopwatch measuring 99-59 so it can go on for hours it's it's magnetic resistant shock resistant it's got a lead light um, you can choose everything it's got daily alarms it's got um you know, multifunction alarms, you've got countdown timers, you've got just anything you want. So I think um, including the coolest thing, which is the Mac indicator, speeds exceeding 1,225 units per hour. So if I'm James Bond and I'm, fly- I'm flying like an, an F-111E or something like that, mm-hmm. then I'm going to need this watch to figure out how long it takes me to cross continents and, and get to kill the bad guys i love how in depth you've gone into this <laughs> and you know what i i think i know lots of i don't know lots of special forces guys i know lots of special forces guys wear g-shocks right lots of yeah. military guys wear g-shocks so i definitely think that a james bond type would have a g-shock in his collection for sure yeah. and it is a great watch i think but you know what well, as you were saying before, though, you hadn't seen some. You'd seen someone wear a Casio, um, the the watch you picked with a suit. But maybe James Bond, it's time for him to have two watches. Not like 
double resting it. <laughs> Not double resting. So that when he's wearing a suit, he can put on his whatever, and then when he's when he's out in his uh, SAS gear strapped yeah. up, then he he can have something cooler. Anyway, this probably took way too long. And uh, oh, no, that was great. So who wins the last one? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I don't want to call it. I'm Either drawing again, explosives. but hang on, building explosives or measuring max speed. Mm. Which one's more James Bond? Yeah, Actually, I think it's the uh, uh, maybe the explosives ones too much like Steven Seagal or something. I don't want to be too Steven Seagal like. Yeah. Okay, let's call it a draw again. I'll give that All one. Right. So you're one, you. you're one nil. Um. So. No, yeah. no. You, I'll give you that one, and I'll okay. I'll take the mechanical one, but by a oh, much bigger yeah. margin. The digital one was pretty close, but yeah. I smashed right. you on the cool. mechanical. Yeah, you killed me on the other one. Sorry. Uh, I think I, I needed to do a bit more research, but anyway, whatever. I had a good reason. He needs to sleep, <laughs> and he needs to ready for action so you know what because he works like double shifts as batman in the evening yeah i'm fine i'm fine with my selection it's okay all right let's move along so uh let's uh let's talk a little bit about um one of or your instagram uh profile to follow um that you really like this week what are you thinking so i'm looking through my really badly written notes um i've got a guy who just did a review actually um and his profile is mkrlx and i kind of go for people who can either take much better photographs than me Mm -hmm. or have similar taste to me or have the kind of collection i would like and he has a lot of kind of vintagey stuff a lot of vintage rolex um he just did a review on a tudor ranger um which is gorgeous i really like that but then he had like a couple of other things on his um profile he had like a casio um i think he had a couple of seikos and but the thing i really liked like he takes an okay picture given that much better than Mm -hmm. me but the thing i really liked is he always writes a little bit at the bottom there's so many people that just post a watch and there's no nothing else there they can get you into the person who's they connect to the person whose profile is but yeah. he tends to write a little bit about the watch and it's easy to connect to people i think like that so yeah, yeah. mkrlx this is my kind of instagram recommendation for the for the week cool so get on there and give him a follow and show him some love um i've gone with uh it's watch underscore his underscore wrist all spelt correctly. Um, yeah. So watch his wrist. He's actually got a really cool sort of anchor and WHW um, designed logo for himself. But what I really like about this guy is in his little stories where you can put the stories in your profile, he's got the, you know, he's got a Black Bay 36, he's got an SKX 007 Seiko, and he's got a Cartier tank. And I think, you know, he's he put a massive post up about when he hit 1,000K followers, uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, 1K followers. And, um, you know, just his, he was just so excited that there's a 1,000 people out there in the world that would take the time to follow him and, and comment and like and share this great community that we had. And he really spoke to, um, he's made friends all over the world that he's spoken to on Instagram. We, we talked about this last week where, you become such a part of the community that you don't actually have to meet these people. And there's plenty of stories um, that personally I have where you're in a country somewhere over the other side of the world and you reach out to someone that you've been following for a year and they're following you and then you can go grab a beer and just talk about watches. You know, that that level of trust that this community has and, and hopefully that stays that way. But I just think it's so cool and he was so humble um, talking about his followers. But Take a, take a look at his his pictures as well. He takes some serious photos. And I'm a bit like you. I, I do love the aesthetic of a great um, Instagram feed of photos that someone's taken the time to, to put together. But I also thought that he's someone that really knows what he wants from his collection. Having his, his Black Bay 36 as his probably cool weekend watch, um, which I really like them anyway because they're, they're just cool 
um, and he's got his Seiko that he wears when he's doing all sorts of stuff. Or And you can really start to paint a picture of this person just by the watches that he's got in his collection. And he's yeah. got his Cartier tank for his either, you know, dressed up or, or dressed casual weekend watch that he can wear to the pub or something like that um, with really nice clothes or, you know, whatever. I'm probably just talking shit here now, but... <laughs> At the same time, I love it. I love it's, it. he knows he knows what he wants, and I think he's he's done a great job. He's got awesome photos. So watch his wrist. Go give him a follow. Okay. Um, I don't know if I follow him. I probably do, but I'm going to write it down anyway. Watch underscore his underscore, underscore wrist. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> All Excellent. right. Are we going to wrap it? I had a complaint from one of the should. watchmakers at work that the last <laughs> one was too long and that it was he was a podcast expert and Mm -hmm. it was far too long so to pierre at work um yeah we tried to keep this one a bit shorter this one's for you pierre (laughs) um all right and just before we do wrap up before we do alex i just wanted to say a massive thank you to uh everyone that that did listen this week and and either gave us some feedback or you know, we know that you've just heard or there was comments on Facebook um, when the, the podcast was shared. So thank you so much to everyone. We really appreciate it. Um, for, for Alex and I, it's just it's amazing that we can do this and that people will take the time to have a listen. Um, so thank you. Over to you, Alex. We were so pumped last time after we got <laughs> off. I just want to keep it real when we got off and we're still having a, a chat after we ended the recording. And for the rest of the day, Auntie and I were just messaging each other saying, like, <laughs> how good do you feel right now? Like, how amazing was that? And even when people were commenting and saying, oh, your your intro was garbage or something, or it was too long, or, um, yeah, it was still, it's just such a, a high uh, doing this. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So thanks for, for listening and making it possible. Um, I was just going to say my usual usual thing, go out there and connect with other people in the in the community, come and work in our industry. Um, yeah, it's all about the people with watches. So, yeah, wrap yeah, it there. And head over to Fifth Wrist. Oh, um, yeah. If you haven't done already, do a review on your watch because it's, you know, the more we're, we're seeing these and reading them, I know lots of people are coming to have a look and start researching the watches that they're interested in and, and trying to find someone that's really got something awesome to say that potentially wasn't paid to say it well they definitely weren't paid to say it definitely it's their watch <laughs> they paid someone to buy the watch so they could do it yeah so anyway <laughs> yeah if you can't if you could come and do a review if you want to if you don't want to that's cool um like subscribe all the usual stuff you're supposed to do a podcast i don't even know where people would like and subscribe give us a review wherever people review these things i don't know um positive or negative that'd be great and we'll right. catch you on the next one you want to do the sign off are we still we still stealing demi's we will the chunky wrist this is copyright material from the the chunky wrist all right hashtag stay on time see you guys bye